0: To Visa Talks: interesting discussions with interesting people from all around the world. I am your host for today, Maria Roa, and I am delighted to be joined by Dominica D'Agostino. Domi is currently working as a Vice President Global Growth at Vista Tech. She is a localization expert and problem solver with 15 plus years of experience in the translation and media telecommunication industries. Domi currently lives in Austin, Texas, where she's also the sponsorship manager for the Women in Localization Texas chapter. Domi, you're very welcome to the show. Let's move on as I
1: have a number of areas I would like to discuss today. Sounds good, Maria. And thank you so much for having me. It's a delight talking to you. Well,
0: it's a delight for us, I can tell you that. Let's start with you. Uh, you work, as uh, I said before, for Women in Localization Texas. How did that start? Tell us a little bit about it. What is it that you do there?
1: Sure. Happy to, uh, to explain some more about that. So actually, my engagement with Women in Localization started uh, way back when I joined VistaTech uh, back in 2019. I just feel like the company culture encourages you to take, you know, more of a part in the industry and the communities and do some volunteering uh, work as well. So actually looking at some of the examples of my colleagues within the team. Uh, who are doing just so much and are so involved in the community, I felt like I also want to, uh, you know, challenge myself and uh, start this uh, relationship with Women in Localization. And originally, I started as events manager uh, for the global team. uh, And the work was supposed to be, uh, you know, servicing all the industry events and large conferences like Gala or Lockworld or any other events, and making sure that women in localization have their presence there, a booth, so you know places to meet and so on. Unfortunately, it all started, you know, in the beginning of 2020, as we uh, learn or started learning that all the events were getting shut down. Mm-hmm. So suddenly uh, my role became a little bit more grim in, you know, looking at this new landscape and at the things changing so fast. And, uh, you know, I decided to focus on other things. And then when I moved to Austin, Texas, I actually uh, discovered that uh, there is a local chapter, uh, Women in Localization Texas, led by some of the most wonderful women that I met. And I decided to join and to make my contribution here more locally. Uh, And basically it's been going very well. You know, initially we started with some online meetings and Um, things like mentoring sessions and panel discussions and we did an incredible event for Christmas (laughs) so for the holidays, uh, we had a magician and it was a great networking event, Uh, but now we are slowly actually moving to in person meetings. Uh, In Texas, it is a little bit of a challenge because it's just such a large state in general. Mm. And we are spread, you know, between Austin, Dallas and Houston. So many, many hours away from each other. But we are trying, you know, we had the first event in June in Dallas. And now we are planning something special in Austin in November, which I'm sure I will be able to tell you a little bit more at some point about. Oh, for sure.
0: We want to know about that. And it's great that when you moved to Texas, you were able to find your own local group of women in localization there. That's that's yes. really amazing. It, it's, it's really a great part of women in localization that whatever you move. I mean, there is always like a team close or like like. Yeah, kind of close that that you can get in contact with. Uh, And if not, you can always do it online, which is also great.
1: Yes, exactly. So I wanted to say you don't have to be close, you know, to a specific chapter uh, within the U.S. or in the European countries or, you know, in Asia. There is also this global community that started also during the course of the pandemic. And, you know, they have also their own events and online presence so by all means uh anybody can join women in organizing yeah, i
0: have joined, I have joined uh, the groups in london the one in ukraine whenever they had all the trouble oh, and all the problems i joined that one i joined like the one in texas actually i joined one of yours uh, too so yeah uh, i I am calling everyone who wants to, and they can check all the chapters that they have and all the meetings that they're having around the world, and they can join the ones that they are interested in.:
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Well, I know you're also involved in the All Things Global Webcast series. Uh, can you explain a little bit more what is it and what your viewers can expect in the upcoming episodes?
1: of course uh yes so all things global webcast powered by this tech is originally a brainchild of actually suzanne marie frank who is our vp of global enablement and um you know the original idea was to have um an online event or a show that could um, gather as many brains in the industry as possible uh, to talk about uh, perhaps more academic and intellectual topics. Um, but it would be like an open platform uh, for people to be part of the live audience, to be able to interact with the guests that we that we have. Um, Ask questions, interact between each other, and really feel like the part of the All Things Global community. And, uh, you know, I guess the various guests that we had uh, along the way showcase how varied and intellectual we are trying to be. Um, so we had, for example, David Rosenberg, a global uh, economist who talked about who talked about you know the latest global trends uh, around the world and the economy. We had uh Professor Sasha Strauss uh of UCLA and UCSD. Uh he talked about um brand and how to position yourself in this new brave online world that we're living in. Mm-hmm. Um, and in general, marketing and branding, which was, I think, very inspiring. And then, for example, we had Al from uh, the localization manager uh, of Nike who spoke about the power of words. And um, it's kind of tied into perhaps, you know, all the diversity and inclusion um, initiatives that companies currently have, but also uh, it was, you know, it it had something to do as well with politics and different aspects of why words matter. Um, So I would recommend all and any of these to our listeners uh as well as I think you had the your favorite one was one with Nicole Kittlebro of Roku I think she gave some incredible tips about how to build the localization center of excellence so yes I recommend this one I think
0: that was so exciting I think uh yeah I just think that anyone who doesn't uh really know what is the localized or how the localization world works, actually. I think it's a a great episode to watch. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think whenever I talk to people who doesn't know where I work and I tell them, well, I work in the localization industry and I have to start explaining to them what is it, how it works, what we do. Uh, I think I would just send them this episode and be like, here, uh, just have a look, just listen to what this woman has to say and how we work and what do we do, because it's so great. I mean, like everything she talks about, the tips she gives, I mean, I feel so excited. She she was great. I mean, like... Uh- <laughs> yeah I yeah. think she's amazing I think uh, everyone should should look at it people who doesn't know and people who knows exactly what we do and wants some wonderful tips mm-hmm. I think it's for like new people and for people who already know and wants to get mm-hmm. to know more I think it's it's just amazing.
1: Exactly, because I think that's that's, uh, you know, just a testament to how accessible what Nicole says is, uh, because I'm sure that, you know, very experienced localization managers got a couple of. Oh, my God, tips. of course.
0: No, no, no. But when I'm saying as, as well, that, as you say,
1: it so,
0: so easily that I think everyone could yeah. understand it. Uh, but she gave so many great tips that. Oh, my goodness. No, she was She's amazing. Doing. And we had, you, you you guys did a last one, like not very long ago, right? With Don De Palma too.
1: Yes, exactly. So we had, uh, the last one was with Don De Palma, who spoke um, a little bit about the post-globalization uh, landscape right now, the splinternet and, you know, all the concepts in the future, but You know, we are living in the future. So the localization (laughs) team need to understand how to position uh, themselves in this new environment and landscape.
0: Yeah. Well, and as you say, we're living in a bit of in the future. We need to. We need to always be looking to what it's going to happen and and know it before it even happens somehow. So as someone who works in the localization industry, what do you like most about it?
1: Mm Well, actually, quite quite a few things. The first thing that always comes to my mind uh, is actually the people. I think that genuinely we have some of the nicest people <laughs> in our industry, uh, and it uh, you know in my mind it goes back to the to the fact that all of us kind of fell into what we are doing and into our roles within the localization industry. I don't think that you know. A, apart from maybe the students who are currently in college and you know specialize in localization this is the matter of the last 10 years right that we have specific maybe studies like MIS and other universities in the US who have this program I don't think that most of the people who currently uh, are in different roles in our industry knew what they are going to do, you know, when they grow up, and that they will land into this particular land in this particular industry. So that's always fascinating to me to hear all the stories, you know how it's the origin stories, so to speak, how it happened um, to learn about people's different backgrounds, usually, you know, everyone who works in localization is usually very curious. They have this curiosity about the world and the languages. Yes. And what's, you know, around them. And also this, uh, I think, um, idea to also evangelize and educate other people about the languages and how important it is to think, you know, as the companies are growing internationally about the languages and other markets and that it all cannot be, um, you know, unified to just being US centric, for example, you have to have a wider perspective. Mm -hmm. So, yes, that's what I love about our industry. And then the other thing is that it's kind of uh, like a box of candies. (laughs) You have different, you know, challenges, localization challenges every day. And the industry is changing so much with the development of new technology, um, with what uh, companies uh, right now need as far as, you know, solutions to the problems that come up, that uh, it just gives me a tremendous satisfaction to, Solve those puzzles with them and to find the solutions with them to the problems that, you know, in the beginning might seem impossible. And then somehow through collaboration and through talking to the customers, brainstorming with our internal teams, looking at, you know, our capabilities and how we can expand them, suddenly, you know, we are able to find a fantastic solution and really resolve a business problem. So that's, that always gives me a lot of satisfaction.
0: Yeah, that's great. I think what you say about the people, it's actually so true because one of the questions that I usually ask um, in business talks, being a host is how did you end up in this industry? And as you said, like, yeah, no one did study specifically to end up in the localization industry. But it is true that it is all people who were super interested in languages, culture, and learning. I mean, like they all have like this huge interest in learning more about many things. So I think it's it's quite interesting that we're all these type of people who can't stop you know, like we always have our heads thinking, and we want to learn more, and we're very interested in other countries. I guess globalization itself, like mm-hmm. I, we were interested in all this, yeah. But exactly. not in not in localization itself from the beginning. We we didn't
1: all think <laughs> like the first yeah. day of our life. Hmm, I want to work in localization. I guess at some point we're in the situation where we and what. And what the industry is about, and now we are in the situation of you know other people. We talk about it is and trying to say it in you know the most simple terms, but so yeah.
0: Well, uh, as I mentioned before, you were recently appointed as vice president of global growth at VisTech. So congratulations for that. Uh, can you let us know more about it and what the new position involves?
1: Sure, and thank you for the congratulations. So yeah, I'm super excited that I have joined the Vistatech leadership team and I get to work with some of the most incredible women, you know, on the sales team and beyond. Um, My role right now is uh, that of an advisor and consultant to our uh, chief sales officer, but also um, it's a more interdisciplinary role in order to you know, try to make sure to get more teams together and talking for the success of our customers and um, of course, you know, our internal collaboration. Um, and basically I will be also responsible for establishing um, account strategy and strategic plans for some of our largest customers. So yes, it's very exciting and I'm really looking forward to it.
0: It sounds really exciting. Congratulations again for that. What impact do you think technology will continue to have on the localization industry?
1: Well, our industry, it's it's all about technology and uh, we've been always very technology focused. And I think that, you know, now it's no different. Uh, I think that's, you know, Machine translation is something that uh, is common knowledge right now, companies are very curious about how to adopt different um, AI solutions and machine translation or machine learning solutions in their business. Um, and that's, uh, that's something that is definitely not going away, it will just keep, keep growing and keep expanding. Uh, I am not one of these people who think that technology would, you know, in any way replace the wonderful linguists and translators and reviewers and editors and trans creators that we work with, or even, right, original content creators. Um, I think that there is just so much content around the world that, you know, perhaps it's not as visible uh, to the end customer Uh, but still needs to be approached and translated, that this is a great use case for machine translation. On the other hand, there always will be projects that are connected to marketing or, you know, to really making an impact to create a user experience, content that is reactive to the, you know, around the world situation that is happening, happening around us, uh, that will require, uh, you know, linguists and very creative approach. And I think it also can, you know, as a linguist myself, (laughs) I feel like it gives us an opportunity to be, again, more creative with our work and also learn and develop more in our profession. Um, So yeah, that's, that's my, approach to technology.
0: Yeah, I worked for three years in, with artificial intelligence actually, like um, mm-hmm. creating, let's say, bots or like, <laughs> I don't know how you would call them, but yeah, call bots. And I have to say, even even when I was doing that, I did still believe like you. I mean, they can help a lot, but they will never substitute um, the people. We, we need to learn to work together and they can make, make our life easier but still we will need the human touch and they will help us work but they will never be able to do the same thing that a person does the work exactly also. so yeah they're of a great help but mm-hmm. <laughs> they need us we need them i think it's a great mm-hmm. thing yeah to get
1: i think it's important you know to embrace technology and you know at vista tech we do have many AI solutions implemented as well in order to perhaps handle capacity on some of with some of our largest customers or um, you know to help our production teams and customer production teams uh, get the work processed faster but as mm-hmm. you say still it's up to those, personal relationships at the end of the day within you know the operations teams and my team and everybody within the company that that truly um you know i guess give the meaning to our work the technology is there to serve us you know and to be used in a very smart way but Uh it's the people exactly Well, uh, I would also like to ask you, because
0: at the end, you're an expert in localization and you've been working on this for a long time. So what differences and approaches do you consider when working with an organization that has a high level of localization maturity versus a fast-going global type company with little to no localization maturity Mm -hmm. or even a rapidly expansion unicorn?
1: Sure, well, I love both scenarios, actually. You know, when you work with an organization that, and I'm sure that you've heard about the um, uh, localization maturity model developed by uh, CSA Research, we Mm. mentioned Don Palma a while back. Uh, He was one of the authors, actually, of of this approach. So when you work with one of those companies who are, you know, very high localization maturity level, it's usually, um, you know, Some of the largest uh, projects that we have, the companies have been doing this for years, it seems like you understand each other without you know, saying a word because you're on the same playing field you you know what you're talking about and uh, the communication happens very quickly it's very efficient Um, and still you know challenging because then you can kind of try to uh, challenge uh, those companies to go even further and maybe you know offer some of the solutions that we developed for other clients uh that maybe they did not think about mm-hmm. on the other hand the you know the unicorns and the companies who are just starting on their international journey are just uh a passion project (laughs) almost, you know, because uh, it just, it provides so much satisfaction when you can uh, work with someone, you know, from the beginning as the partner and lead them on this global journey that they are entering into, um, help their products to appear on international markets for the very first time Uh, know how much work it took in the background, Mm -hmm. and also, you know, help them um, truly, uh, I guess, um, educate everybody within the company or do this internal selling, you know, of what is localization and why it is so important, uh, and suddenly build a completely different relationship with everyone. Because in the end, it, it is the localization team that has um, you know, so sort of ties to all the different stakeholders within the company who will need their services. So there is a lot of knowledge always within the localization team within the company. And to be able to empower our clients and support them with that journey uh, is, you know, that's, that's a dream come true. And I also feel like, you know, perhaps some of the most challenging and in uh, innovative projects or new services that we developed come from those unicorn or, you know new to localization companies just because they think completely outside of the box and we have to, you know, follow <laughs> follow them or try to lead them or work as complete, you know, incomplete, in uh, in um, I'm missing the word work in unison in order to, uh, you know, come up with the right solutions for them. Well, that's
0: great. Actually, we interviewed two unicorns. Uh, they're episode 98 and 99, if anyone wants to hear it. 98. Uh, was Diana Georgieva from PLEO. The episode, it's Tips on Going Global from a Unicorns Perspective. So maybe someone wants to go back and listen to it. And the other one was episode 99, uh, Christine Schick, Former Panda Dog, uh, Global Considerations from a Unicorns Perspective. So if anyone wants to go and listen to it, you're very welcome to do so
1: this is an excellent series so yes highly recommend maria and thank you for bringing this up
0: yeah yes we will be uh interviewing for sure some other unicorns and we'll let our audience know that but uh we are coming to an end and i think you mentioned before that you wanted to let us know about some event that you're doing with the woman in localization texas in november uh can you let us know please now
1: Sure, uh, happy to. So, in, uh, on November 11th, we will be actually organizing our first larger in person event uh, in Austin, Texas. Uh, it will be actually uh, held in the headquarters of Procore Technologies. Who are our sponsors for this event? So there will be some, you know, drinks and snacks provided by them to to kind of get everybody back in this mood of you know meeting <laughs> together, networking, and you know spending time, exchanging ideas. And the event will have a form of a mini conference. You might say we will have. TED talks about specific topics in the localization. So three to four TED talks uh, that then, you know, we can discuss and people can get to know each other. And it's just very exciting that finally we get to do this in person again. So please join us on uh, November 11, if you can.
0: Well, uh, I wish I lived closer. Uh, Madrid, Texas, it's its a little too far. If not, I would be there for sure. Uh, <laughs> is, is it going to be hybrid? Would it be possible to join by, by the I mean, with a computer virtually or not? Is it only going to be in person?
1: So since we are trying to encourage people to come in person, we are trying not to tease too much the hybrid approach. <laughs> Okay, so not this time, Maria. I won't be able. Okay. Yes, but we there might be a way for us to at least record the presentations. You know that will be given. So oh, okay. that material should be accessible on the Women in Localization page, and okay. if you are a member you can always access all our previous materials. Perfect.
0: I am a member, so I will be doing that. So we came to an end. Thank you so much, Domi, for this Vista Talks. It was great to have you. Please make sure to tune in again to see and or to listen to the next Vista Talk show, where we will be discussing more interesting topics with interesting people from all around the world.
1: Likewise, Maria. It was a delight talking to you. Thank you so much for having me.